Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day everyone, welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. This is a sportsethos.com presentation. You can follow us on Twitter at Lyle Swithenbank, at Ethos Pelicans. It's over. The miracle run, the dream run, the uh, we got a fight run is over. Season 21-22 in the books. One that I think we're going to remember for a very, very long time. Unfortunately, Pelicans fall 109-115 to in front of a huge crowd. In fact, we had 18,710 in attendance in the Smoothie King Centre. And of course, because it's the last post-game slash wind up I guess we're still gonna have more shows in the off season of course but to end the season I've got to end it with someone who has sat through each and every game with me has uh, been behind the camera has been a part of come at some of the videos has been on the show a couple of times and that is uh that's Lark Hare how you going Lark good thank you thanks for having me on sad circumstances for the um for the appearance today but Glad to be on to to go through the final um, the final game with you. Yeah, you know it is. Um, I don't know. It's a bit bittersweet. You know, we were, we finished the final game and, and watched the national broadcast. We'll go back and watch uh, Ad and Joel obviously pack up and and finish it all off. But uh, one of those games that it was a real arm wrestle, quite like the rest of the series. And a bit like the whole year, uh, what did you see in Game Six that uh, I don't know that 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 you liked? There's nothing not to like about what the Pelicans do, what the Pelicans have done all year, what the coach has done all year. There's nothing not to like. If you 
if you've watched this team like we have every single game from the the one and twelve start or whatever it was, right through to the play and right through to now in the playoffs and actually being competitive, you've fallen in love with the team. You're a diehard fan. You're in. You're on board. It's your team. But for those people that have just only ever heard about the Pelicans this year when it came to Zion and the CJ trade, if that's all they heard about the Pelicans all year, I am so glad and so proud for the for the guys and for Willie and for the whole team that they got an opportunity to stand up against the number one seed and show their talents nationally, have their talent shown six times over six games on a broadcast that was national, that people were watching, that people cared about, that people were invested in. And despite losing, that wasn't the easy sweep that they were expecting. They thought they were going to be like the Celtics. They thought they were going to come in, four wins, boom, bish, bash, bosh, lock it away, we're done, we'll sit still for a couple of days, and then and then we'll, you know, go on to play the Dallas or Jazz or whoever it was going to be. No. That's not what happened because we had our whole team step up to the plate and win by committee two of the games and lose two very, very close, close, close games. Like we were in the driver's seat for most of that game right until last five or five, four minutes. So I can't remember what your question was now, <laughs> but um, what a ride. It's been so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it really was. And like you said, game six, it came down to the last few minutes, a few, uh, I suppose, mistakes or skill errors, a few defensive efforts from, from the Suns, a few adjustments. It uh, it was just a complete arm wrestle for them to close out by six. I mean, we were in, in the lead, uh, I think, with about five minutes to go. You have a historical night from Chris Paul. Went 14 of 14 from the field. Uh, best of any player ever uh, in terms of hitting shots in a row. And went 14 straight. Um, I mean, it's pretty hard to beat when you take on a guy like that. He goes and drops 33 points, has five rebounds and eight assists, and a steal, and a cheeky uh, chip tooth on Jose Alvarado. But I won't get into that. And um, he was just unstoppable, and I think he was honestly the difference. Devin Booker forced out of um, having a rest and getting the ice off his hamstring, getting him back early. He was average. Uh, You could see that he wasn't in rhythm and and that that hamstring was still bothering him. But we put a scare into them, just like you said. You know, were they expected to come in, roll straight through and, and prepare for Dallas, prepare for the Jazz? And instead, we took them right to the end. And it looked like for a while we were going back to Phoenix. And, I mean, all credit to this team. Finished ninth, like you said, 1-12 start, 3-16. and 16. Devontae game winner for 64 feet sort of revitalizes the team and starts an absolute huge comeback where we almost finish, well, above 500 on the rest of the games. Win two elimination games. You're sitting going into the last quarter against the Clippers to get into the playoffs down by 10. We hear an inspirational speech from a rookie head coach in Willie Green. Close with three rookies in Trey, Herb and Jose. See a budgeting superstar in Brandon Ingram. 
and you know it's it's one of those ones that I think we just all fell in love with this team. The characters, I think the uh, the access we got to the team this year was was second to none. We I think we'd been a bit hard done by compared to other teams in terms of actual behind the scenes access, whether that be the squad or the the social media team and the like. I think we saw a lot more of the personalities of the guys this year, and perhaps that was impacted by COVID in the previous years, but. I think that's the big story is the personalities. I mean, have you liked that behind the scenes, getting to know, feeling like you're getting to know the guys in addition to seeing them play good basketball? Yeah, how can you not? Like, there are people commenting on on Twitter and, and all over the world on Instagram, on every kind of social media saying, oh, I just love that Jose Alvarado. Just love him. Oh, he's awesome. Oh, I'm a Jose fan. Like... It, it, it's getting that following with people that, yeah, everyone loves Zion because Zion's such a phenomenal player and he's so impressive and it's wow and it's amazing. But people love Jose and people love Herb, not necessarily because they're phenomenal players. And don't get me wrong, they're awesome basketball players, but they're not generational, phenomenal, groundbreaking talents in the same way Zion is. They didn't stomp into the league in the same way Zion did. They didn't come with a big splash in the, the parade. But people love them for them. And and actually, what's quite interesting is if you look at the criticisms that Zion gets, it's for kind of the opposite thing. So Zion gets criticised for not being connected with the fans, not being not showing enough heart, not showing enough love. And look, everyone does it differently. I'm not criticising Zion. I, I, I don't know him. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? But you feel like you know Trey. You know Jose. You know Herb. You know what you're going to get for them. And you feel like they really want to be Enola. And I think that's gone and done a tremendous amount of work in terms of changing the narrative. Because this whole thing of, oh, no one wants to be Enola, Enola's crap, Zion wants to leave, blah, 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 AD left, ever all the good players leave. That whole rhetoric kind of um, doesn't last very long and doesn't look very good when you've got people like Jose that are out there like fighting for your team when you've got people like Herb that are like the 35th draft pick and they're coming in and they're like, you know, changing a game. And then to top it all off, you've got a rookie coach that has invested so much in this team to the point where he is crying at the final buzzer tonight. Woofed. I mean, if if you still want to say that people don't want to be in NOLA, if you still want to say that NOLA's not a basketball city, if you still want to say that we don't deserve this, we didn't deserve this, we're nothing. Oh, yeah, you can go to sleep on the pills. Oh, yep, don't worry about them. Oh, whatever. Oh, the pills. Oh, you've just got Zon. He's put on too much weight. If that's all you want to say, then I hope that, hope that just shuts everyone up. And we've watched a bit of the national media this week because for, for the first time ever, they've actually been talking about the pills, which has been nice. Um, and there are some people in the national media that are literally backtracking. I've not seen a bigger backpedal than... What's the face, Kendrick Perkins or whatever his name is? That backpedal on on. I mean, even even now he was wrong because he said, "Oh, pills are going to get it. Pills are going to get it." Um, but obviously, you know, Booker comes back. Whatever, Chris Paul does well. They don't get it. But just the backpedaling is quite entertaining now to watch. You know, like and and the and the bandwagon jumping. Like oh, everyone wants to be a pills fan now. It's like you you were mean. You're actually nasty to Zion. You still are. People still are nasty to Zion. Like, that's just the truth. But you were actively nasty and mean to him over the last six months. 
And now you want to be back being like, oh, Pels are so good. They're going to come back next year and make a push for the championship. Oh, Zion, you were the difference between the Pelicans and the playoff finals match. Like, ugh, does that annoy you? It annoys me because it just I just feel like it's great to have the support. Don't get me wrong. But you want support from the people that have just shut up and just not supported you because they've not even known about you. This is like people that have actively gone out of their way to be mean now coming back trying to kiss ass and I just kind of feel like oh piss off like do we really need your love and support or can we just roll on with the people that are true and then and the new people that have just not been interested until now which is fine not everyone's going to be interested right that's fine if you want to jump on now awesome but if you were literally on the hate train you don't get to jump over like that annoys me um so yeah, if you want to talk about the lovability of them, beyond. And it's changed that organization. They've not just changed that floor and changed the plays and changed the game and, and helped with the playoffs and all that jazz. They've changed their organization culturally. Um, and that's top down. They've never known anything different but Willie Green. So look how well that's worked out for us. Yeah, I like that point. And especially to talk about changing the narrative, I mean... You're right. It's This week we did watch a lot of the, the national media. There was a lot more uh, floating around talking about the Pelicans because they were giving the Suns all sorts of hell. And I'm, I'm with you. I think we get frustrated because we had our national games cancelled. People didn't get to see the fight in this team. When we started badly, no one saw the fight in the team. We knew that it was going to be a couple of rotational tweaks Guys learn the system. Guys learn defense. We discover a few different things about guys that we didn't know. And all of a sudden, we start winning. And we win, and we win, and we win. And then we get a national game, and we win on that. And we beat the Lakers, and we win on that. And you start seeing eyebrows raise. And you start seeing some people still sticking to their guns, saying, well, they're not going to go anywhere anyway. Don't worry about them. Zion's not there. He's unfit. Move him to Seattle. And that was late in the season. You then get these same people backing us in and I know that's part of their job they need to get clicks they need to get whatever sells uh, to keep them employed but don't come back here saying that you were with us the whole time when you weren't and you, you really are taking the piss if you think that you can jump aboard now I mean we're welcoming anyone else you want to jump off a team and come here because you've seen the fight you've seen some things that you like and your team's not doing that Welcome aboard. But don't besmirch this team and then try to come back and backtrack and say, oh, I've always known they had it in them because the receipts are real and I'll be digging through the drawer looking for them, I tell you what, because um, we are coming. It's not over. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, phenomenal season. And one that had so many so many storylines, I think, throughout the year. I mean, we start the off-season, well, the... Yeah, the off-season, we don't see anything of Zion. We hear Brandon Ingram's off in, in Nashville, getting the guys together. He's in Phoenix as well before that, getting the guys um, playing together. And we're like, where's Zion Williamson? Get to media day, and we hear he's broken his foot. And that's the first question. And you can see the collective gasp of all the reporters in media day going, hang on, what's going on here? This is, this is interesting. He stress fracturing his foot because he was training hard. And we think it's out till December. So we adapt to December and, you know, we're adding these new pieces in. Jonas Valanciunas, we're adding in uh, 
You had Devontae Graham, guys like that. Thomas Sadoransky came down there, Garrett Temple, uh, as well as the three rookies, four rookies at the time, and, and the, G, uh, the two-way guys as well. And the narrative still sticks. Oh, Zion will come back, Zion will come back. And it probably wasn't until the change of the new year. I reckon it was probably the Josh Hart interview, actually, with JJ Reddick, where they he blatantly came out and said, we're playing like Zion's not coming back. And I think they made their own... What I liked about this team this year is that they created their own identity sans Zion. They created a culture and a buy-in and uh, a connectability and, a, and a, uh, I suppose a, a fan base, a lovability, without having that franchise player. You then bring him back next year and hopefully he can get himself right and he looks, looks to be in pretty good nick at the moment and said he was ready to come back. Another summer is going to do nothing but get him absolutely fit and firing for next year and a full buy-in. We could see that, that he's keen to get in on it. It's going to go to the next level. And by building that foundation now without that uh, star and guys not having to defer to him and actually find their own place and role and star in an expanded role that perhaps doesn't happen next year or, or this year had Zion been there, it's it's underrated, and I think we're going to see it going into the coming years that each one of these guys knows that they can be great. And I think Willie Green and the coaching staff and the front office have put these guys in a position to really unlock their potential, and we've seen that. And potential, I mean, it takes you so far. Being able to harness that is another thing, and I think we've got a guy at the front, at the helm, in Willie Green that is going to do that. He cares for these guys. You don't see a coach break down in tears very, like very often, especially when you're the ninth seed against a, a top-tier team that won 64 games. Obviously, all the other underlying storylines, like winning a championship with them the next day. Mon- um, last year, you know, Monty Williams being his basically family. It's uh, It's tough. But it shows how invested he is and how much fun. They all talked about it in the post-game. All the guys talked about how much fun they had. and how Like Brandon Ingram's a superstar. He's talking about catching up and going on vacation with these guys and getting them together. How much do you think that's going to pay dividends going forward? This camaraderie and this feeling of being in the trenches together and getting out of the mud together this year is going to do them going into the future. I think a world of good. Absolutely, I think a world of good. I think that the the criticism you could give to the Pelicans in the past is lack of culture, lack of togetherness, lack of being one. And I think that's where a lot of these rumours stem from when you get things like, no one wants to be there, Zion wants to go, no one's happy there, they can't get a coach there that anyone likes. When you start getting those, and those things are genuinely happening from an outside perspective looking in, it makes you think, yeah, okay, so what is going on? And at the start of this season, when we heard that there was the broken foot, how mad was everyone with Griff? Everyone was mad. The whole fan base was like, what are you doing? Why are you only just telling us? You're lying to us. You're fibbing to us. Way to like not tell the fan base anything, blah, blah, blah. So you started with a fan base that were irritated. And that's probably putting it kindly. Irritated in November, October, whenever we were told, Right. You fast forward that six months 
And this fan base is in love with this team. This fan base is uh, has an outpouring of like emotion and care about people who are strangers to all of us that can play basketball. Like if you actually break it down, this is a group of men <laughs> that have some impressive talents throwing a leather ball around a wooden floor. And all of us are emotional about it. Like, it's so crazy. And especially when you look at that journey. So it's, it's the journey of the 1 and 12, whatever the journey everyone knows, the journey of not having Zion, the journey of, you know, Brandon getting, you know, snubbed with the All-Star. All of those things are part of the story. But if you look at it just from a fan base's perspective, from our perspective, from the Pels 12 perspective, we started at, we've been on the same journey because we were annoyed when we found out about that. We felt like, screw you, why don't you tell us? Like, I bet if we scroll back into the tweets, hoofed, people were salty. And, and not that they didn't have a right to be. Like, sure, whatever, be salty about it. That's fine. No problem. You fast forward that six months and no one's allowed to say a bad word about our team. So much so that people are invading the Suns' spaces or invading the Lakers' spaces or going on the Lakers Twitters or these F you to certain players kind of like chants, which I have to be honest, I don't think are my favorite things in the world, but we care that much. They're just like outpourings of love. So this oneness, this togetherness, it all stems from the top. It stems from Willie Green and his team down. It's one through 15 and it's awesome to see. It's awesome to be part of. And even just from like you and I's perspective, we're in Perth. Western Australia. I don't even know how many thousands of kilometers it is to get to New Orleans, but we're planning on going to New Orleans in December this year. And that flight from Perth to New Orleans is 40 hours. It's 40 hours and three planes to get us there. So that's how far it is. That's pretty much the furthest you can fly in the world. And we care, you know, that game ends today and we're tearing up. You know, Josh and Keel get traded and we were sitting there with tears rolling down our faces. Like how crazy is that? And how much does that show you of where this team has gone? So where this team has been, where this team has gone this season and where this team is going to go? Because I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that this time Next year, we will be convincingly winning these playoff games. And I don't think that it's going to be the same tussle that we've kind of had with the Suns, which is hilarious anyway, because we're the ninth seed and the Suns the first seed and we're not meant to be here and they're the best and they're the you know top of the league and blah, 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 blah. So we're already kind of frauds anyway. Um, and they thought they were going to get a sweep and they didn't. But I think this time next year, we are going to be giving people absolute hell. And I look at it now with the Grizzlies. And I have to be honest, Grizzlies are my second favorite team because I love Stephen Adams. Because I'm a Kiwi at heart. So I look at it now with the Grizz. And I think I'll back the Grizz now for the rest of the season. You don't care anymore. (laughs) It's over for me. There's no champion in my eyes. Oh, dear. Anyway, so yeah, I think we'll be like the Grizzlies. I seriously do. I think we'll go from zero to hero. Well, the opportunity's there to do that. And I think with all the pieces, uh, there's definitely uh, a a great chance that we can improve. I think we're better than a whole heap of these aging teams 
in the West, and I think a few of the teams have shown um, as far as they're going to go in this playoff se- uh, in this playoff series so far. I think Utah are probably looking to mix it up a little bit. Dallas, is, we'll see how well they've already tried with getting rid of Paul Zingas midseason, but it's going to be in- interesting to see how it all plays out in the West. I mean, we're going to get our guys healthy. We had another potential lottery. Well, we do add another lottery pick in the, uh, we, thanks to the Lakers um, and Anthony Davis, courtesy of them. Uh, we're going to get another, I don't know, within the top four, uh, could be well, within the top eight at least, uh, lottery pick. So we're looking forward to that uh, and welcoming that rookie in as well, as well as no more rookie fouls for Herb, which is just, Fantastic! I think that's uh, the most underrated thing of finishing this year is that people now know that our guys play really hard and the refs can settle on the whistle. Uh, and you said before you didn't know how many miles we are from Perth to New Orleans. It is 17,527 kilometres, which translates to 10,890.77 miles. And yes, I was working that out while you were talking. Um so we've got a fair way to come, but we're going to be coming, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be good fun. We'll um, no doubt be teeing some stuff up when we're over there and uh, catch up with everyone, meet in person, which is just going to be fantastic. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. So, I mean, before I pack up, Lark, do you have any final comments that you'd like to say to wind up season twenty one twenty two? It feels so sad for you to be saying that. What are we going to watch? That's my first question. We better, we better find something on Netflix that we both agree on because <laughs> the only thing we've actually been watching on television for the last six months is the Pelicans. So <laughs> there's that. That's the first thing we need to cover off. No, I don't really have anything else to add. What an awesome season. I think we should be nothing but proud of them. They should be nothing but proud of themselves. Um, wh- what fun. What a fun element to have in your life. This is the first time that I've ever followed a sports team closely and actually like loved and felt passionate about a sports team ever in my life. Isn't it fun? Like, isn't it fun having a sports team? Like, I used to look at people that have a sports team. You know, like people are obsessed with like Manchester United soccer club or like a certain like, I don't know, over here we have the Aussie rules and people are like diehard fans and I always thought it was a bit odd I was always like oh yeah okay cool why do you care like but now I'm there I'm with them I'm like diehard Pels fan to the point where I was upset tonight which is just wild so it's been an awesome season thanks for um bringing the Pels into our lives um and a shout out to all the people that have been part of your podcast for this past um season how awesome is that you've just gone from strength to strength to strength on this podcast you love it it's such like a passion and a hobby of yours um and that's awesome i'm yeah stoked for you oh thank you very much no i have enjoyed this season and um as we know uh it has been a wild ride and we have had some fantastic guests on here yourself included um and uh it, it really has been um one of those seasons that I think has solidified a whole heap of people's fandoms of this team. It has for me, absolutely. I mean, I've covered this team now for two years. Uh, took it over in the COVID, right as COVID started. Um, inherited it after it was left without a captain. And I, um, I took that over. And, and so thank you to Sports Ethos, obviously, for, for passing it along to me and allowing me uh, to 
to host this podcast. And of course, thank you to everyone out there that listens, that downloads, that connects with me on Twitter. I mean, it's gone ballistic, my Twitter followers in, in recent months. And I mean, that's testament to everyone out there that's enjoying the show, enjoys what I put out. And that's why we, that's why I do it. And, you know, it, um, it has been good fun. And, you know, it, it also makes it really easy when you support a team that is really easy to cheer for. I'll tell you what, because people will get behind it. And if you can be an advocate for, I don't know, a, a team like that, well, I think people cheer for you as well. And that's been really, uh, it's been really nice to, to build those connections with people over there and, um, everyone listening and we're on to a big next year but you know while it is sad to wrap up this season there is plenty of off season coming up we've got the draft of course the draft lottery in the draft and we'll have the off season we'll have summer league there's still going to be plenty of interviews coming up I mean gosh it's just going to give me more time to find people to talk to so (laughs) look forward to all of that guys I think I'm going to leave it at that thanks again to Lark for joining us on here today. Um, it's been fantastic chatting and watching all of the games with you and sharing it with with your person. It's just been fantastic to um, be able to share my hobby and now your hobby as well. Um, and yeah, it's been that's been really awesome uh, to have two of us sitting in the cinema watching each and every game. That's been really great. So um, thank you very much and thank you to everyone out there, guys. That's Lyle, done for the season. There is, I will tell you, there is another one coming tomorrow. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, as always, this is the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, all the way from Perth, Western Australia. We're signing out. Season 21-22 in the books. Stay safe. We'll see you in December. I mean, you'll hear me before that, but we'll see you in December. And bye for now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.